happening, everyone? Finally got in here. I uh, We can kick off for, with a bit of a can't-get-any-worse story today. So it's Monday. Chiseled aside a bit of time today to, to shoot this episode out because life's been a little bit fucking hectic the last couple of days. Um, and, yeah, woke up this morning to a beautiful water leak in my front yard. So I think it's pretty well like two or two years or something since we had the last water leak in the front yard. Conveniently for us, though, this is in the the nature strip so it's the council's problem so they've been here most of the morning um yeah digging digging a giant hole in our front yard which is sick can't wait to see what they do there at the moment it's just a mud pit i don't know if they've shot off to maccas or bunnings or where the fuck they've gone but at this stage i don't know what's happening with my front yard all i know is we've got this cool little water feature in there now and um don't like it too much but yeah it's uh monday like i said normally we record these on a a Friday or even like a yeah Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just some stage over the weekend, whenever, whenever we can do, whenever a guest can do, whatever. But um, yeah, Saturday rolled around and Nikita goes, "Oh, can we go to a show tonight?" And I'm like, "Oh, here we go. What kind of show?" So anyone that follows me on socials would have seen my little story. She she dragged me to a show in the city called A Very Naughty Christmas, which. Uh, it's pretty much in the name. It's basically like a Christmas porno for adults. Um, for for not for adults because all pornos for adults, I guess. Uh, it's more for married older women, I guess, that are into all your like Fifty Shades of Grey and your burlesque and all that stuff that's on the naughtier side. Uh, that I guess they don't get to dabble in all the time. I don't fucking know. I just got tagged along. Um, Based on the last one that Nikita took me to, which I think, fuck, what was that one called? It was like a year ago. I think that was called like Blush or something. And based on that one, I was preparing myself for a uh, a lot of nudity, I guess you could say. But the, uh, the execution on nudity on this show, a little disappointing, I've got to say. I only got to see one dick, one flaccid dick. Uh, yeah, zero... Zero naked women, zero fucking anything else other than one dick. And part of me thinks that it was an accidental dick slip because he looked a little bit surprised when it popped out there. But, um, yeah, I uh, – fuck, hang on. I just got a text message that completely – let me put this on airplane mode because that just tripped me the fuck out. Um, but, yeah, it was at the – where was it? It was – the Roundhouse Theatre uh, at, I think it's called Le Boite or something, at Kelvin Grove up in the city. And I've never been there before, but it was pretty fucking cool little theatre. Like, as soon as I walked in there, like, I was going through ideas with Nikita because it, it was a sick setup for, like, a comedy show. And it's it's almost like a miniature entertainment centre. Like, it's got the, the U-shape uh, seating, things like that. And it only seats about 330 people or something like that. Which is like, I don't know, I see that as somewhat achievable. Um, yeah, considering we, we sold out the, the rum distillery and things like that with ease. Um, I feel like a theatre in the city, again, I've never fucking done it, so I'm just talking out of my ass here, but it's doable. Um, and that made me go on to, because when I was sitting there and I was looking at the theatre, I'm like, how much did we pay for these tickets? And Nikita's like, 79 bucks each. I'm like, fuck, 
like because seventy nine bucks by three thirty is by the calculations I roughly did on the night is just a touch over twenty six grand, and these people sold that place out. I think they were in Brisbane for like seven nights or something, and I'm pretty sure they were like sold it out every night, and that's just for the the tiered seating because they had lower tables and shit as well, which were like two hundred bucks a table or something like that. Nikita was saying. And um, so, yeah, well and truly over 26 grand per show. Nice little, nice little figure to be getting at the end of uh, accidentally showing your dick. And the, there was another guy in the show and he had this like crazy voice, right? Like identical to Michael Bublé. And part of me was like, this poor bloke has just got the wrong end of the stick where he's got one of the most amazing voices I've heard in person. But for whatever reason, he hasn't got a shot in life. And the only way he can showcase his voice is to dance around to Christmas carols and striptease down to women's underwear. That was basically his gag. Um, so, yeah, it's it's funny how these things work out that Michael Bublé can just go around crooning, crooning the world without showing his shaft. But this poor bloke has to, um, yeah, sing jingle bells and... And uh, caress other men on stage for our entertainment. But um, yeah, other than that, what else has been? What else has been going on? Sorry if I keep checking my phone. Like I said, I got the water leak out the front, and the council is. Uh, they reckon they're going to keep me posted on what's ever what's what is happening out there. Um, one sec. Um, but yeah, I again. If you haven't realised, it's a fucking solo episode again. So might fall a little bit shorter time. We'll see how we go, see how I, what I can come up with on the fly. Um, but I guess we'll just jump straight into James's dismal week of comedy, like every, every week really. That's what this podcast should be called, James's dismal week of comedy. Someone should make a little jingle for that. But um, yeah, another week of some pretty average gigs. Unfortunately, but you got to do them. It's been, it hasn't been too bad because, like I've been telling you guys, I've had a couple of new bits bubbling away that I've been trying to get across the line. And these quieter gigs have, I guess, given me that ability to, to play around and play with the wording, trim them up, things like that. So, first gig of the week was uh, Boathouse Tavern down at Coomera. And it wasn't too bad. Like, there was no crowd there. There was one one lady came and she she was a good sport for us all. She was laughing at all our jokes. Whether or not she found them funny or not, that's another story. But it just turned out to be one of those fun gigs just for the comedians where we we're just doing our jokes for each other. Um, Angus Gordon was the MC, And if if you guys haven't seen him, he's a fucking absolute legend. That I've only seen him, he MC'd down at the casino a couple of weeks ago as well. And, um, yeah, so that was only sort of the second or third time I've seen him. And, yeah, just all these, all these jokes and shit bang on, I reckon. Absolute, absolute cracker. So if you see him on any shows around Brisbane or the Gold Coast or anything, because I think he lives in Melbourne now, so I think he's only up here for a little bit of time to, to uh, dip his toe back in the Brisbane waters before he shoots off. So, um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, didn't eat too big of a dick. It was... 
it was pretty good down there, to be honest. Um, all the comedians sort of laughed at each other for a bit of bit of support, make the drive home a little bit easier, keep our, our keep our cars on the road a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, then Tuesday went to the when did I go then? Oh, I went to Parkwood Parkwood Tavern. So th- this is where my week started to take a bit of a dip. Uh, again, got there, and this time there was zero crowd. Uh, just the comedians again. So there was a bit of banter before that we'll just use it as a bit of a workshopping show, um, run some new bits by each other, blah, blah, blah. And I'm never too keen on that if I don't rock up to a gig with at least something planned. Like, I don't know how these people, and I guess eventually I'll get there, but so many people rock up to a gig with no idea what they're going to say until five minutes before they go on. Um which is crazy for me. Uh, but anyway, lineup got revealed. I was first cab off the ranks. I was like, fuck yeah, eat the first dick in front of everyone. So I got up, ran some ran some uh, classics to get in the flow of things and then ran the three new bits. And it's always a good sign, I guess, when because there's a polite laughter for all your classics that all the comedians have already heard 50 times before in the scene. And then... It's good when you run a new bit and you hear genuine laughter out of them, which luckily for these new bits, uh, that's what I feel happened on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm super happy with where where those jokes are headed and trying to ease them into my my tight 10 at the moment. Um, try and yeah, trim a couple of older jokes out of there, put these new ones in there, bring some, bring some new life to it all. But um, the... The silver lining of the the Parkwood gig, the fun part of it all. So there was a a couple of little hippies hippies there from the Northern Rivers. Uh, they pop up every now and then around the scene. Uh, what's their names again? They run. They've actually just started another podcast. So I don't know. I think they're struggling to get their feet off the ground. It's like uh, the Parenting Problems podcast or something like that. Some. Something like that. It's to be honest, it's a bit of a ripoff of this show because they get guests in and they uh, they get the guests to bring an issue or a problem in their life, almost like asking the guests to come with a can't get any worse story. But anyway, that's uh, that's that's another story. But yeah, I think uh, who runs that podcast? I think it's Paul Momoa and Scott Flowers. I think I think that's their name. Um, but yeah, anyway, before the show. Like before there were any other comedians there, they were sort of coming and asking for podcasting advice and things like that. And I was I was being polite to them and everything. And then as soon as all the other comedians came, it's like they they had to put a front on and start acting tough in, in front of everyone. Um, and then the show kicked off and the MC, I don't know why he did this, but he just asked who had the bigger podcast out of the two of us. So it started a bit of friendly banter between the three of us. Uh, I would like to say that, we came out on top uh, and uh, yeah, I I was a little bit devo because like I said, there was no one there. So uh, Paul Momoa was the, the last one to get up for the night. So all night I had planned in my head because as we go on and off the stage, we get like music playing to break the tension in the room, I guess. And uh, every now and then the MC would forget to hit play on the – the walk-on music. So I had it planned all night. I had the podcast mute, like the can't get any worse theme song 
music queued on my phone and I was going to play that as he was walking up just as my little uh, knife in the back for, to, to end the night and win the podcast war. But uh, unfortunately, I think there was like four people that came in by the end and I didn't want to ruin the show for them. So I I uh, kept that one in my pocket for next time. They'll, I mean, they're both big fans anyway, so they'll probably listen to this podcast. Rumor is they've... Uh, I was talking to Scotty Flowers last night at another gig and rumour has it that they've done a little bit of a call out on their podcast this week. Um, so I'm keen to see what they've they've got to say. Apparently they went pretty hard, so I reckon I went pretty easy this week. Next week's episode could be a little bit different depending on what they've come out with. Uh, but yeah, well, then we got Wednesday night. I reckon we'll come back to Wednesday night. So we're coming off two two rough gigs and then last night I had a gig down uh, down in Miami and again, just zero crowd. And I was towards the back end of the lineup and by the time the show kicked off, there were six people there that weren't comedians. And I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's enough. At least it's something. So by the time I got on, I think I was like seventh or eighth or something, all six of these people had gone and half the comedians had gone as well. So all the people that were in the room were people that have already heard my jokes, uh, except for the three new ones, which again, they I don't like I don't want to say they hit hard, but they got genuine giggles out of the comedians that were left, which again, stoked with where they're getting to. Um and yeah, other than that, it was uh, a pretty rough night, to be honest. That was probably one of the roughest of the week. Um I it was all. It was at the point where the gig needed so much pick me up that out the front of this venue there were three lime bikes, like the the bikes that you hire from the council or whatever it is. And I turned to uh, Scott Flowers was at that gig as well, and I turned to Scott. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should jump on one of these bikes and ride it up to the stage just to like break the ice of the room or like give someone a laugh because. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that crowd was there for comedy, to be honest. I don't know what the fuck they thought was on, but uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a tricky night for everyone. Um, I, I didn't ride the bike up. I bitched it because I was like, if this does not work, then I'm just going to have a random bike sitting in front of stage, and I have to awkwardly turn this thing around inside a venue and wheel it out. But um, part of me wishes I did it. Could have been a could have been a little funny reel for socials. You know how all this is for the socials. Um, but, yeah, didn't do it. So now I've got to come up with some other viral clip. Maybe I could sing Michael Bublé with my dick out and uh, get cast in A Very Naughty Christmas. Um, oh, just back on that, it was, like, a great show. Like, I think it's down in the Gold Coast next week or the week after. So if you do want to go see it, uh, it's at the Star Casino, I think. So, yeah, go check them out. Should try and hit one of them up to come on the podcast and talk about how tough it is to get your dick out in front of people. Um, but yeah, I guess that leads us to the uh, the big moment everyone's been waiting for. Uh, let me have a sip of my raspberry essence water first. Ah, all right, that's good. Um, Sporting Globe, uh, first West Park comedy gig kicked off there on Wednesday. All the pressure was on. Um, it ended up being a pretty mint. Like I was happy with how the room was set up because I was I was a little bit worried. We originally I thought we were going to be in the main 
venue, like the big, the big section. Um, and then a week out from the gig, the manager goes, oh, we're going to put you out in the, I guess they call it the function room, um, which is just outside the venue. And I was a little bit oh, like nervous because while it was empty, it was echoey as fuck. And I had major sound issues at the last show that I put on. And I'm like, not again. But uh, the manager reassured me that once his body's in the room, they absorb the sound, blah, blah, blah. And luckily enough on the night, that was that was correct. Like the sound was pretty mint. Um, manager was in there fucking around with uh, the mic and stuff like that to get all the levels right while we were on, on stage to start with. Um, but yeah, for, first thoughts. Um, I, I'm i of two different minds with this. At first, I was fucking pretty, pretty devastated because it was not a great turnout. Um, yeah, I think there was... 13 or 14 people booked for the night, which again, it's not high numbers, but uh, it's an open mic night. Can Some nights there can be no one, like the gigs I just fucking told you about. Some nights it can be packed and feel like a curated gig, um, which they're, they're the nights you're aiming for and that's sort of what I was hoping for for this gig, to be honest. Um, so in my head, I was like, oh, okay, at least there's going to be 13 people there. It's not great, but... Could be worse. Can't get any worse. Hashtag sponsor. Um, but yeah, I get to the gig about an hour before the show starts, do the final little setups, uh, get everything how I wanted it, do another test of the sound and microphone, all that. And then uh, it starts to turn to about, I don't know, 10 minutes before the show starts or something. And no one's rock. Well, the only people there were my wife my parents and eight of the 10 comedians that were on for the night um so at this stage i was like fuck i could have done this show in my living room and it could have been slightly less awkward because now we're in a external venue um and the only people that have rocked up are people that i'm going to be eating christmas lunch with um but anyway i did my best to push past it even though every five minutes nikita was elbowing me going uh where is everyone uh what time are we starting blah 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 and i'm like oh, thank you you're you're really helping this is this is exactly what i need anyway um there were four what was it there were two people that rocked up that i didn't know which was great and then reed luckily enough bought i think there was like four or five people that he bought as well um so in the room they ended up being 20 to 25 which turned out pretty sick um but on the night it felt i don't know i just i just wanted to pack out the first show but all the other room runners i've spoken to and stuff they're like oh first nights are always the hardest blah 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 but um yeah you know as you've all fucking heard on the podcast just overachieving uh put too much pressure on myself blah 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 anywho uh about an hour before the show pretty much on the drive to the show i'm like oh, it's only my second time emceeing. Maybe I'll put together like a bit of a monologue, which I don't know why the fuck I thought that because the whole time leading up to the show, I'm like, I'm just going to be loose up there. I'll talk to the crowd a little bit. I'll try and like work whatever the crowd says into some of my bits, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll do a tight little five and then I'll get the first one up. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what we're doing. And then the afternoon of, I'm like, no, actually... 
I'm going to do a little monologue up there. I'm going to write some uh, some local humour about some suburbs, uh, write some jokes about the unemployment rate in Logan, blah, blah, blah. And uh, because of that, almost every time, if you come to a show and you see me do a joke for the very first time, I will, I'll fuck it up, I'll fumble my words, I'll mix fucking lines around, I'll do the ending before the beginning, and it's just a giant shambles. So I don't know why the fuck an hour before the show I thought, I'll just come up with a, a random five-minute monologue like I'm on Saturday Night Live or some shit. Um, safe to say I got up there and I, first five minutes of my opening, ate a bag of dicks, um, got like... Pfft, Got the polite chuckles from my wife and parents, which, uh, yeah, luckily enough, broke the awkwardness of the room. But it was absolute dog shit. Uh, then I eased into my my five minutes of material, and I just felt like I. That's when I launched the parachute, and I could just ease into myself. And then the rest of the night panned out pretty well. All the other comedians smashed, um, and that's. I just had to, I guess, keep telling myself that. Because I was basing the whole thing on the curated shows that I've run, which obviously they were an easy sell, sold out all the shows I did. The lineups were sick. Everyone was stoked to be a part of the shows. Um, they were all getting paid, which had, that was another big thing that I realised when you're paying comedians. They're a lot more helpful and keen to be part of the show. When you're running an open mic, it's like, uh, I don't know, like... This is obviously not how anyone felt or anything like that and no disrespect to anyone on the show, but it was like there was almost next to no respect for the show because it was just another open mic night, um, so to speak, which to be honest, it's that's probably how most room runners think that I look at their shows as well, even though, yeah, I see open mic nights as another proper gig. Um but yeah, I had three dropouts within 24 hours of the show starting, which was, they were all legitimate reasons as well. So no fucking hatred or hard feelings against anyone that pulled out. But it was just that extra chaos of the day of trying to fill those spots. And it just added a whole nother layer to it. So I think we got Lloyd Bendel, who's been on the podcast before. He came and filled one of the spots and he opened and fucking set the scene for the night. I love that. Love that dude's comedy and just how loose and crazy he is up there. Um, then we – Liam Daly messaged me and he's like, look, I've got a gig on the sunny coast but I will do my set and then I'll drive straight back down to your gig. And I'm like, fuck, if you want to try and run the gauntlet, let's do it. Um, and, yeah, luckily enough, we were running – because the crowd wasn't huge, everyone was running through their their sets pretty quickly. Um 10 minutes was probably lasting seven to eight, to be honest. So uh, it was almost like a li little race against time. The whole night I was just, Liam and I were texting and voice messaging back and forth going, oh, where are you? How far away are you? The, the fifth act is on now, blah, blah, blah. And literally couldn't have planned it any better. I got up after the, the last comedian before Liam got there and he was tapping on the glass door to come in just as I was about to introduce him. So he came sprinting straight from the car park uh straight on stage which fucking absolutely grateful for him making that hectic drive down um and then to fill the obviously yeah i said three people dropped out but the that's only two luckily enough for us all another friend of the podcast kyle farham um one of the most listened to episodes he came in and told his crazy 
crazy story about um, his time in the the special forces and things like that. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and do yourself a favor because his story is absolutely nuts. Um, he showed up just to support and watch the show, and I was like, "Oh, do you want to do? Do you want to do a tight five up there?" And he wasn't too keen. He wasn't wasn't dressed for the occasion. He wasn't in the mindset, which totally understood. He goes, "Nah, it's all good." And then as the show started, he, um, yeah, he goes, all right, I'll jump up. And absolutely grateful again because without him jumping up, then probably would have had to have called the show before Liam got there because I'd pretty much burned through all my all my material. I was at the stage where I was just going to stand up there and start reading out premises. Um, but, yeah, obviously did not want to do that. And then to fill the other little dead patch of air, there was a – Another comedian there that I've never seen before. Apparently he's new to the scene. Um, only done a couple of spots. I think his name was Shay. Um, and when Kyle came and told me that he was happy to do a set, he goes, oh, Shay's up the front. He, I saw him last night. He's pretty funny. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I went and hit him up. I'm like, oh, do you want to do five minutes? And he's like, oh, if, like, if I can. And he was pretty stoked to jump up, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, as – Part of me was a little bit nervous because you're like, oh, does this guy know the the, the rules of comedy? Um, there's like a, a blanket rules of comedy of things you can and can't say on stage, which most people in the scene stick to. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people, some people run their own race and say whatever the fuck they want up there. So luckily for us all, he uh, he got up and he was actually pretty funny. I, I liked his set. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we see him around uh, – a little bit more, but all in all, it wasn't as bad as I, much like the Sunny Coast competition. In the moment, it felt terrible. The day after or so where I let the dust settle, I let reassessed it all, it wasn't that bad for an open mic night. It's Realistically, it's what the fucking open mic night is. Some nights are going to be great. Some nights are going to be terrible. That night was somewhere in the lower to mid range. Um, but the venue... I spoke to the manager was there the night I've spoke to him after and he was pretty happy from what he uh he told me so food and drink was going in and out of the room all night every night so I think it was uh yeah somewhat profitable for them obviously somewhat profitable for me um so yeah I guess we all came away winners second show give a little plug now while it's on my mind I think we're working towards the 3rd of January which uh, a little bit risque, a lot of comedians on on holidays, a lot of crowds on holidays. So it's it's another one that can be hit and miss. But now that we've launched, I guess we don't want to don't want to break that monthly, the first sort of week of the month uh, thing. So venues happy to give it another crack on that date, and uh, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. So third of January, if you're around the Sporting Globe at Logan, then. Uh, yeah, pop in and see the second show. Hopefully I can be a bit better of an MC on that one. Um, oh, hang on. Dog's barking. Hold that thought. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. I'm uh, I'm sure we're all aware of my, my dog and her tendencies, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while. Um, she's a bit of a yapper when no one else is home. I'm home alone at the moment, so don't get any ideas. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I think I is that all I, I think that's all the gigs I had this week. Um, I had a I wanted to bring this up with Adrian last week, but it obviously didn't come up naturally in conversation. 
But Westy, my oldest son, he he's dug out my old Xbox. It's not old. It's like a year old or something. And he started to like dabble in the world of gaming a little bit, which I don't know. It's kind of cool. He's always been like a super outside, like athletic sort of kid. So it's good that he like is now having some like couch time, wind down time, which I'm probably going to regret saying in like 10 years when I'm like, Westy, get the fuck off the couch and like go kick a ball or something. But uh, at the moment, I'm pretty happy that he's, he's uh, yeah, taking some chill time and playing his games. But uh, that's meant that uh, old daddy here has picked up his addiction of video gaming again, which is not great, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys are sort of the same way with with video games, but I don't know what they do to my brain, but they just hook me. Um, and there's a point where if I've got five minutes free, then I'm playing a game. Uh, if it's time for bed, I'll lay in bed for 10 minutes and go, oh, I might get up and play one game just to calm my brain down. So this is uh, the game that Wesley's been playing. Is a game that's been around for years, but my, uh, my video game addiction's been in the cupboard for... Oh, I don't know, let's say five to six years, I guess, since I've uh, since I've been big into gaming, which used to be like everyone, Call of Duty, um, used to be up all night just shooting people in America, um, not not really, just online. Uh, you know, we should be careful with what we say about all that stuff at the moment with everything going on, but... Um, yeah, so this the game that he's playing is Fortnite, which when it came out, I was like, oh, who cares? It's a kid's game. A um, couple of guys that I worked with used to play it, and the way they were talking about it, I was like, oh, it's so lame. Like They're like, oh, you can make your character dance and you can dress your character up in crazy costumes and stuff. And it's basically like a, a battle royale uh, where they just drop 100 people onto a map and then it's last man standing, basically. You find all weapons and cars and all this sort of shit. Um, no aim of the game other than walk around and kill everyone you see, which is fucking sick. Um, so, yeah, I've developed a little bit of a, a Fortnite addiction. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think we might have to pull the plug. Pull the plug on the Xbox for a little bit, which sucks for Westy, but, uh, or I need to... I don't know. Maybe I'll handcuff my hands or something while I while I'm playing. But um yeah, what else we got? We spoke about Yeah, I opened on the fucking Christmas shit, didn't I? Fucking dog. She just breaks my train of thought every every podcast just with her her little yaps, but um yeah, very very naughty Christmas. I was saying to Nikita on the drive home, she's like, how would you describe that to someone? And I was like, I feel like I'd describe it as uncomfortably entertaining. Because for the, for the first half of the show, I was like, I felt awkward because they were, there was so much crowd participation. And luckily for us, we were like five rows back. So it was, far, it was too far for them to ask us to sort of walk down the stairs and get involved and shit. But it just, um, yeah, just made me feel so uncomfortable but so entertained at the same time. Probably much like this podcast makes people uh, make makes people feel. 
Uncomfortably Entertained. That should be the name of my special. But um, another entertaining thing coming up this week. I've uh, haven't watched too much lately, to be honest. I've I've been a little bit slack on the whole UFC front, but this Sunday coming up, UFC two ninety seven, which is one of the most fucking stacked cards I've seen this year. I was looking at I was looking at the um the early prelims to the main card this morning, and I knew it was stacked just from the main card and a couple of the prelims I've heard about. And then I was looking at this thing, and I'm like, fuck, some of these like early prelim fighters could be high up on normal prelim cards or even like first or second fights on main cards. So I think that's going to be a day where I just, uh, yeah, sit on the couch and might be, might be a bit of a, oh, babe, I've got to spend the day on the couch to research the fights for the podcast kind of day. So, yeah, if you guys keep listening and downloading, it's going to help me get that across the line a little bit easier. Um but yesterday, I actually watched a couple of fights yesterday. Um, I forget what the card, where it was, but it was just like a fight night. And there were two Aussies on there, which I chucked a cheeky fiver on both of them just because I've somewhat watched their both their careers blow up. Um, so one of them is actually a Gold Coast boy, Shannon Ross, um, and the other one's James Malarkey, which every fight he's in is just fucking mental. He just swings for the fences. Unfortunately, both boys are... Yeah, both got the loss yesterday, which sucks for them. Sucks for my ten bucks that I put on between them as well. But um, I'm sure, I'm sure that I will get over it a bit, a bit quicker than both those boys will. But yeah, like I said, both absolute legends. Um, hopefully, if things pan out, fucking get one or both of them on the podcast eventually, which would be, which would be sick. Like I said, Shannon Ross is a, a Gold Coast boy, so relatively close to here. I reckon we could. We could somehow make that happen, but um, yeah, I was going through, I was going through the card, and like I said, absolutely nuts. I think there was two fights on the whole from the early prelims to the main card that I was like, okay, there my toilet breaks. Um, but yeah, there's there's a uh, Casey O'Neill. These are these are a couple of fights that. I'm uh, I'm keen for. So this is my little UFC breakdown while Adrian's not here because we all know how he doesn't like the fights. Um, but uh, yeah, Casey O'Neill, she's she's Australian. We'll claim her as Australian, although she's got a hectic Scottish accent. Um, so she's Scottish Australian. But um, yeah, she always reps the Australian flag and things like that. And I'm pretty sure her dad runs Eternal MMA, um, which we've mentioned a few times on on the podcast before. If that's incorrect and he runs another organization, I'm so sorry. Please don't come and uh, beat the fuck out of me. But yeah, stoked to see her her on the card. Hopefully she can pick up a win. Cody Garbrandt, this dude, he's, he's on a bit of a slide to be honest, but he's one of the dudes that much like Connor, um, I guess to a lesser degree, I was there like I watched his come up from the start and the – Still to this day, his title fight with Dominic Cruz um, was absolutely mental and still one of my favourite title fights to go back and watch, I reckon, because everyone knows Dominic Cruz is an absolute fucking legend of the sport. Like there was a stage where no one could touch him. And then this kid, Cody Garbrandt, just comes up and literally toys with Dominic Cruz in the in the cage, like hands behind back, laying on the floor, fucking swinging his arms and then, yeah, gets the win, wins the title. 
And then it's been a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough track from him since then. But um, yeah, he's he's on the card as well. He's on the prelims, so keen to see what the fuck he can do. Uh, late addition to this card this week, which again I'm keen as fuck on. I'm actually more keen on this fight now than the original. So Theo Von from Wish, uh, Bryce Mitchell, he's uh, he's stepping up to fight Josh Emmett. And Josh Emmett's. I don't know. He's. I never liked him at the start, and then his last few fights have just been absolute fucking crazy, just knocking cunts out and things like that. Um, but on the other hand, I also like Bryce Mitchell, although he's got a little bit crazy in the media the last year or so with his whole flat earth and, um, yeah, everything like that. He's a little bit sceptical on the world and conspiratorial, but other than that, I'm keen to see him get a win. I'm pretty sure he's got, like one of three Twister finishes in the UFC, which is absolutely nuts. If you go to YouTube and watch Twister submission, um, you're like, how the fuck does somebody execute that in a cage fight? But somehow this uh, this crazy redneck from the swamps got it done in the biggest stage of all. Um, so part of me hopes that he beats beats Josh Emmett, Josh Emmett but uh, I'm definitely not a, a UFC aficionado or anything. I just watch the fights. So... Uh, Here's another one. So this is the main card from now. So Ian Gary versus Vicente Luque. Again, Vicente Luque has been around for fucking ages. Another absolute legend fighting another up-and-comer. And I think this fight, Ian Gary has to win because for those that don't listen to podcasts or stay up to date on UFC like media and things like that, the Real, Real House Lives of UFC, um, there's been a bit of uh, drama with Ian Gary and his girlfriend, and she wrote a book on how to uh, how to be a wag, basically, like a, a wife of a sporting superstar. And she also, her and Ian Gary and their kid live in a house with her ex husband. So people have uh, people have started calling Ian Gary a bit of a cuck, um, bit of a cuckold. Um, so yeah, I think he's. Uh, He's pretty keen to come out and just bang in this fight and show the world not to fuck with him. Because up until this point, he's just he's another Irish kid and all of his post-fight interviews, I'm like, fuck, he's so hard trying to be Conor McGregor. And I'm like, fuck, just like go out there, be your own person. And now I feel like all this controversy about his like marriage and shit like that, I feel like it's his time to to come out and show everyone um, – that yeah, he's uh he's his own name and he's not just Kaka McGregor. That was clever. That was pretty clever, wasn't it? Kaka McGregor. Um that could be the clip this week. That could be the clip. Uh then this one, this one could be the uh the one to make all the UFC fans cry if it goes the wrong way. So Tony Ferguson, one of the all time greats, literally at one point was seen as the scariest guy in the UFC was supposed to be one of the biggest fights we never got to see between him and Khabib. Um, got scheduled like five times or something and then every time just fell through. He's fighting another up-and-coming kid, Paddy Pimblett, um, who's, I don't know, he's huge in media and things like that. And to be honest, I jumped on the bandwagon when he first came in. Um, just this like British kid with a little blonde bob not looking like he should be a cage fighter and just going in there and and um yeah knocking knocking people out 
But then his last few fights, I don't know, haven't been too keen on him. And like I said, Tony Ferguson, one of the legends, he's on like a five or six fight loss streak or something, which is not how you want to see a legend go out. But um, yeah, I reckon if uh, if Tony Ferguson can get the win, then there's going to be a uh, an overweight dad in Logan probably shedding a tear, um, shoving more Doritos into his into his mouth, I reckon. So, um, yeah, I really hope Tony can get the win. And then the next one, this – now that I'm reading these out loud, I feel like I've said it for like the last four fights, but this whole card is just legend against new up-and-comer. So next fight is uh, Wonderboy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Rukmanov, who's a fucking scary, scary – I think he's like – He's not from Russia, but he's from one of those like cold European towns. Like he comes out with the woolen hat and shit like that. And he's undefeated. He's like 17 and 0, I think. But same deal. Uh, I don't think Wonderboy's going to win, but if he can, uh, absolutely stoked. He's, he's got one of my favorite walkouts in the UFC to uh, Tenacious D, Wonderboy. And every time he walks out, he's just stoked to be there. And it would be absolutely devastating to watch him get knocked the fuck out by this scary European uh, zombie dude. But um, the next one I'm not too keen on, um, so I reckon we just brush past that. That's one of my toilet breaks, even though it is a, uh, a title fight, um, Pantoja versus Roy Val. Um, definitely not the title fight of the night everyone's keen on, so let's just jump the fuck to that. This has to be one of the most hyped-up fights of the year, and... Maybe for maybe for the uh, the casual casual UFC fighters, it doesn't seem like the most exciting fight ever. But uh, Leon Edwards versus Kobe Covington is going to be absolutely fucking nuts. So Leon Edwards had one of the craziest comeback last minute finishes I've ever seen, and there's a lot of sort of UFC experts that have said the same thing. To be to be losing a fight against Kamara Usman, who's like seen as an, a welterweight goat, um, to be so far down. Like you watch clips of that fight that people put together for like Instagram and TikTok and shit. And it's like you can't even write this for a movie. Like he's losing the whole fight. And then at the end of the fourth round, his coach gets in the cage and he just starts screaming at him. And he's like, you need to pull your shit together. Like basically just telling him to wake the fuck up like you're in a title fight, go out there and get it done. And fourth round is admittedly better than the rest of the fight, but it's still like, oh, Kamara's fucking, he's won it easy. And then at like four minutes 50 into the round, like the bell's about to go in less than 10 seconds, Leon just launches his head kick and knocks him out fucking cold. Like craziest, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And like, it was one of the – there's heaps of clips of, like, the commentators just stunned about what the fuck they've just seen. But, um, yeah, I'm stoked to see that. I, I don't, Again, I don't know who the fuck's going to win that. Part of me wants Ed, Edwards to win um, just because Covington's new character that he's, he's sort of developed over the last few years. Um, it's pretty nuts that he was about to get cut from the UFC and then he's come back with this, like, Trump-loving character – just arrogant, cocky dude, and now he's one of the biggest superstars in the UFC. Um, but behind all that, he's an absolute fucking killer 
who trains with like Cam Haynes and David Goggins and shit, and his stamina can just go all day, every day. Like we've seen him in title, like five round fights. He'll get to five, like round five, and he's not even breathing heavy. Like fucking scary dude. But yeah, do yourselves a favor and uh, go and buy UFC 297 if you're not already. Um, but yeah, I that's definitely where I'll be next. Well, this Sunday? Yeah, this Sunday because it comes out on Tuesday. But um, yeah, I reckon we'll wrap it there because no doubt the council will be back soon to fix my water leak. Um, but I'll just do a little plug. I do have quite a, quite a, uh, I guess we call it significant comedy show coming up this week. One that I've been stoked on for a little while. Uh, about a month or two ago, I spoke about it on the podcast that I finally got a crack on a Wednesday night at Good Chat, um, which is this Wednesday, Wednesday the 13th. I think it's the day after this podcast comes out. So if you're around Brisbane or you want to make the drive up to Brisbane, I'd be fucking stoked to see any any of you uh, up in the crowd there. I'm going to be trying to ease these three new jokes into my into my set somewhere. So a couple of the oldies are going to have to get cut. Um, but, yeah, I think it's probably what I need up there to give my set a little bit of life. I know the guys up there haven't heard these jokes before, so they'll be like, oh, he's, at least he's riding and working towards something. But, yeah, it's always good to get a crack in like a good fucking comedy club rather than a back room at a pub or something like that. So, um, yeah, hoping... Fingers crossed the comedy gods shine down on me after a couple of weeks of some absolutely dismal gigs. A um, couple, of, couple of good ones in there, but, yeah, it's been a, a rough trot and I reckon it's it's time for another crushing set to get me through the next sort of three months or so and go, oh, okay, maybe there's, maybe there's something here. But, um, yeah, 13th of uh, December, good chat comedy. Come check me out. Come support. Stoked to see any of you there. And again, more spikes in listens, more spikes in downloads. Uh, it's sick. I got a message from a dude this week, which again, I think the last solo podcast, I played a clip from Theo Vaughn of like one of his listeners reaching out saying like, fucking good job, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, the other night I've got a random message saying, uh, hey mate, just started listening to the pod, loving fucking, loving the content you're putting out there. Thanks for putting yourself out there. I'll be sharing it around to mates and shit like that, which blows my fucking mind like that's absolutely sick um to hear that sort of shit so if you are listening i know according to the the analytics and shit that i'm getting through um somebody's listening whether they're robots or not but if you're not a robot and you have the ability to share the podcast on youtube or spotify apple music whatever the fuck you listen to share it to your mates help me grow this thing help me fucking yeah get some sponsors on board, buy some better cameras, blow this thing up like a real fucking podcast, I guess. Um, but yeah, until that happens, share the shit around and see you later. <laughs>